Thank you, Pastor Neil, my brother. Thank God for your life. And thank the Lord for the team who are here today. Um, welcome to our Sunday online service at Ecclesia. My name's Robert. I'm one of the pastors here. And you've joined us in the middle of a series in the book of Corinthians called Grow Up. And um, I don't want to say there's a scathing lesson in today's message, but definitely a challenging one. And um, normally, typically, I like to give every message that I preach a title. So from the gate, you kind of know where we're going. You hear the title, you're like, oh, all right then. And um, I chose initially a, a, a title for this particular message in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 um, that was really provocative, you know what I'm saying, a, like, a real clickbait type title. And, um, <laughs> and I've kept it, but I've also got a couple other titles, and I couldn't choose between which one to pick. So we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I'm going to ask you to turn there. I'm reading from the NIV, but I'm just before I get to the reading, you like the title, right? What's the title? All right, um, help me with that next slide, please. So the title is a combination of titles. Um, the first of the titles is Marriage is Not Forever. And you'd be like, what kind of blasphemous title is that? You know what I'm saying? A Christian pastor telling me that marriage ain't forever. You know what I'm saying? Well, we're going to talk about that. Um, and it was too good to leave out um, because the text actually... You know what I'm saying? Deals with this. Um, <clears throat> the good, unwanted gift of singleness is another title. You know what I'm saying? And this, it's in a quote that you'll see me share in a little bit, a little bit later. But notice, the good, unwanted gift of singleness. It should really just be the good gift of singleness, but who wants it? In our culture, who wants it? No one don't want that well, Generalization, right? So that's the second title that, that, that um, I've assigned to this message. But then there's a third one, and it's extremely important, vital, crucial marriage counseling. <laughs> so, you know, I'd like to argue that, you know, I'm saying all of these titles can be associated with the text and and you know what I'm saying, it's like this last one, extremely important, crucial, you know what I'm saying, vital marriage counseling. It's like, yeah, that's, that's what we're talking about. Or should I say, yeah, that's what Paul, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> that's what he's talking about here. And so forgive me for having this combination of titles. I don't often do it. I do normally, like nine times out of ten, 99 times out of 100 is one title. And I suspect um, those from my old preacher training college. Um, Cornhill will not will probably be very disappointed with me, and it Neil <laughs> Neil knows. Okay, <clears throat> most of what has been discussed so far in this chapter has been particularly and quite specifically directed at married people, and I hope you've been listening, <clears throat> especially if you're single, because the temptation is to switch off. You know what I'm saying? If oh, it's, it's about marriage, I'm not married, so they don't relate to me. Um, no, hopefully you have been listening, especially if you're single, you know what I'm saying? Because this information that we've been sharing over the past few weeks on marriage is, 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 is priceless. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you might get married one day as a single person. A lie? 
And they say to be forewarned is to be forearmed. <laughs> uh, today, <clears throat> um, we're going to do the opposite in terms of speaking directly to married people. Today, literally, most or much of what we're going to say is to the unmarried. And I, heard, I hear all the unattached saying, yeah, about time. And I'm saying, about time we talk about issues relating to us. You know what I'm saying? Um, big up yourself. Um, Pastor E, what was the name of the thing that we done years and years ago? The, the, the yeah, the single seminar. I forget what it was called now. Are you the one? Are you? <laughs> Brother, I, I forgot that, that. Was that the subtitle? Are you the one, you know? <laughs> that should have been the main title. I can't even remember the main title, but. Are you the one or should I look for another? <laughs> wow. Boy, we recorded that, innit? Wow. You've got to dig that out of the archives. Just go to sermon.net, you know what I'm saying, and type in Ecclesia, and you see all of our message for, I don't know, the past 10, maybe 15 years. Yeah, that would be a good, good one to look up. <clears throat> so, as I mentioned, you know what I'm saying, today we're going to be talking to those who are unmarried, those who are single. And, and if you're married, don't, first of all, don't switch off, you know what I'm saying? But I would also say don't get angry, you know what I'm saying, because... Because you didn't listen to this before you got married. <laughs> you know them ones. <laughs> and all the married people either started laughing or crying, you know. Um, okay, let's look at the text. First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 25 to 40. I don't have the text up, guys. So, um, like I said at the beginning, please draw for your Bible. I'm reading from the NIV. I'm going to be kind of clarifying some of the words as we go through. Not the reading, but when we get to the teaching. So, so 1 Corinthians 7, verse 25 to 40. It's a, it's a sizable portion of text. Um, so, Lord, help us. Now, <clears throat> about virgins or the unattached, unmarried, um, and you can already see from the text the expectation from the writer is that those who are, who, who are not married are virgins. Now, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Now, about virgins, I have no command from the Lord. But I give a judgment as one who, by the Lord's mercy, is trustworthy. Because at the present crisis, I think that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you pledged to a woman? Do not seek to be released. Are you free from such a commitment? Do not look for a wife. <laughs> but if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life. And I want to spare you this. Verse 29. What I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. From now on, those who have wives should, should live as if they do not. Those who mourn as, they, as if they did not. Those who are happy as if they were not. Those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep. Those who use the things of this world as if not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife. <laughs> and his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. 
Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. I'm saying this for your own good. <laughs> Not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. If anyone is worried that he might not be acting honorably toward the single person that they're engaged to, the, the virgin he's engaged to, and if his passions are too strong and he feels he ought to marry, he should do as he wants. He's not sinning. They should get married. But the man who has settled the matter in his own mind, who is under no compulsion, but has control over his will, <laughs> and who has made up his mind not to marry the virgin, this man also does the right thing. I don't know why I keep feeling like I want to like this is jokes. It's so far from funny, but... <laughs> so verse 38, so then, <clears throat> he who marries the virgin does right, but he who does not marry that single person does better. A woman is bound to her husband as long as he lives, but if her husband dies, she is free to marry anyone she wishes, but he must belong to the Lord. In my judgment, she's happier if she stays as she is. <laughs> and I think that I too have the Spirit of God. Let's pray. <sighs> Father, <clears throat> thank you so much for your word. It's just so wonderful. But at the same time, it's so challenging. It's so challenging. Lord, there's parts of the Bible that I'd rather not read. I'd rather not hear. I'd rather not have to deal with. And Father, someone says about the Bible, oh, the Bible's full of contradictions. Oh, the Bible's so complicated. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's full of contradiction, but I would agree that it can be complicated. But Lord, like someone said, those things are not the things that trouble me. It's not the things that are complicated, the things that I don't understand that bother me. It's the things that I do understand that bother me. And so, Lord, I pray, especially because this, this topic, it, it hits all of us. It affects all of us, Lord. We are all affected by this topic in one way, shape, or form. I really pray you'd help us as we think about it to some degree today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, <clears throat> as I said, this is a letter that's written by Paul the Apostle and um, to a church that he started in, in a place called Corinth, which is in northern Greece. Still there today. Um, but he wrote this 1,900 years ago, right? And um, in our section today, Paul is currently miles away in another part of the world. So the church write him a letter, and um, the letter has a whole host of questions. Uh, and he's responding to these questions in this section of 1 Corinthians, you know what I'm saying? Um, in a sense, they were asking, what does God have to say about this? Or about that? What does God have to say, Paul? Sex. Is it more spiritual to abstain? And I'm saying, am I super spiritual if I don't give in to such base animal behavior? Is a question they asked. Another question is, I just become a Christian, Paul. My husband didn't get saved. So, I, so we got married years ago. I've just become a Christian, but my husband isn't one. What do I do? Do, do, I, do I stay with him or, or do I leave him? Because he ain't feeling church. And every time I go to church, he's like, oh, you're going to church again. You know what I'm saying? What? 
I thought you was married to me. All of a sudden, it seems like you're married to Jesus. It's like, I'm saying, it's like, what do I do? Do I, do, I, do I come away from the marriage? This is a question. Can I leave him? I'm saying. Another question could be, I'm a Christian. My wife is a Christian. So we're both saved, but the relationship just ain't working. You're feeling me, Pastor? That the relationship ain't working. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and what I need to know is, how do we go about getting a separation? These are all questions that pretty much we've lifted from the text. And I'm saying over the past few weeks. And these are the questions that they were asking. But how many of you know, even though it was 1900 years ago, things ain't changed. And I'm saying ain't nothing new under the sun. And people are asking them very same questions today. So <clears throat> today's question, I would argue, is this. Should I get married or shouldn't I? Should I or shouldn't I get married? One million dollar question. But more specifically, and I'm saying, I think that's kind of generally what we're going to kind of be talking about. But more specifically, the Corinthian Christians were asking this question. They were saying, Paul, is it a sin to get married? Now that sounds like a crazy question, isn't it? What? Why would you ask that? Is it a sin to get married? Like God invented marriage. Why would you ask such a stupid question? You know what I'm saying? That's a, that's a un... You know what I'm saying? That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a very um, naive and ignorant question to ask. If you know anything about the Bible, it could be said. You know what I'm saying? But this is the question they were asking him. Um, and you, in order to begin to frame your understanding, you just have to think culturally. Because different cultures see the Bible in different ways. You know what I'm saying? And especially when you only had limited information. Remember, they, they, not everybody owned a copy of the scriptures. You know what I mean? And, um, and so, culturally, this for them was a, was a, really, a, a really big question. And um, <clears throat> again, Genesis 2 says it's not good that a man should be alone. You'd be like, of course, marriage is, is not a sin. You know what I'm saying? But see... Well, the Bible says it's not good that a man should be alone. Is that true for everybody? Is it not good that a woman should be alone? If the Bible says it's not good for a man to be alone, oh, surely that must mean the same for a woman. Therefore, surely everybody should be getting married. Or should they? See? The question is, that verse, is it true for everybody? Well, it can't be because not everybody will get married. It's not for everyone. And for those who, 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 who do get married, as I mentioned in one of my titles, it's not going to be forever. I'm saying. So the question, sh should I get married or shouldn't I, that needs a more nuanced answer. Should men and women get married, of course, it's God's general command to be fruitful. Get married, be fruitful. Don't want to get to the fruitful and multiply before you get married. Get married, be fruitful and, and multiply, right? The Bible says Adam be Eve became Adam's wife. Then they got fruit, was fruitful and got. But the question is, isn't it? You know what I'm saying? Okay, well, that's, ge that's ge like, generally speaking, that's a good thing. And the world is well populated. 
understand what I'm saying? But a more nuanced question is, should I, person A, marry person B? That's more, you know what I'm saying, true to the question. You know what I'm saying? And how many of you know God doesn't give us a telephone directory of names of specific couples meant for each other? He doesn't give us that, right? Suppose, like, there's no command for this. You know what I'm saying? There's no command in Scripture that says, yes, you should marry, you know what I'm saying, person A should marry person B and person C should marry person D. There's, there's no command for that. So... Paul's like, this is a wisdom call. You know what I'm saying? So you, you might hear, okay, there's no command for that, so boom, I can go get married to anyone I want. Oops. Like Pastor Bill from California would say, Oops. wait a minute, don't run into this thinking, okay, well, there's no command, I can do what I want. No. There's no command, but there's, there's a call for wisdom in making this decision, is, it could be argued that getting married is probably the second most important decision a person will make next to accepting Christ. It's life-changing. <laughs> it's life-changing. Understatement of the year. Suppose, like, there's no command for this. This is a wisdom call, he says in verse 25. Now, about virgins, I have no command from the Lord, but I give a judgment as one who, by the Lord's mercy, is trustworthy. He says, because of this present crisis, I think that it's good, if you're asking me, I think it's good for, for a man to remain as he is. Paul's like, if you're asking me, he says it's mad out here in the first century. You know what I mean? In my honest opinion, don't do it. You'd be like, Pastor Rob, should I get married to that person? Which one? What, that, what, that spe yeah, that specific person. And often people kind of want a yes or a no, you know. <laughs> I'd be like, you know what? what you, you seriously, I'm seriously considering that person. I'd be like, cool, let's do six weeks. Six weeks. Six sessions to look at the issues. And then we've taken six sessions to really look, at, at, for at least from every angle that we can think of, you know what I'm saying? Then you make an, inf an, in an informed, wise decision. You feel me, Pastor Daniel? You make, you, you make an informed, because I don't want no one coming back to me and telling me, you made me this or you made me do that. No, brother. You know what I mean? No one ain't frog marching, no one up the aisle with their arm behind their back. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to happen. Marriage counseling is extremely important, vital, and is crucial. At Ecclesia, we don't marry you unless we give you marriage counseling. You know what I'm saying? So that when disaster strikes, and it will, in one way, in one way shape, <laughs> Pastor Eve repeated it. You know, Mama said, bro, when, when disaster strikes. No. I'm like, man, I'm laughing. Why? I'm laughing and this thing ain't even funny. Oh, Lord, why? What is going on? Listen, before I came out, I'd run in the toilet just to go pray and on my knees, like, bawling out, Lord, help me in all soberness and seriousness. Step into the pulpit and all of a sudden I come up, it's like I've been... <laughs> It's like my man, it's like man's been on, what them bottles called them, laughing gas. 
man's been doing balloons or something. That's <laughs> well, maybe it, the Lord knows, man. Maybe it just needs a little bit of lightness in the, in the midst of the sober heaviness of the topic and the subject. You know what I mean? <clears throat> like I said, we won't marry unless we counsel you. Because when disaster, disaster strikes, and it will, <laughs> in one way, shape, or form, like be encouraged in it. It's like, like I'm married, Pastor E's married, Sam's married, Neil's married. We've probably got over 100 years plus of marriage in the room. I like, oh, sis, you're oh, look, so much marriage in the room. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's like, this is not a disaster message. It's an encouraging message. You know, you know what I'm saying? Amen. It is an encouraging message. Um, but we have to, you know what I'm saying? We have to be honest and, and I think upfront, especially at the beginning, to make people aware that marriage ain't a joke. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's something to be seriously and soberly considered. Um, so verse 27, Paul starts at the beginning, doesn't he? He says, he says look, what is your, you, you want to answer to the question, what's your current status? You know what I'm saying? Verse 27, are you pledged to a woman? That pledged means, are you, are you committed? Are you devoted? You're like, um, what do you mean when you say devoted? Are you married? Paul is saying. You know what I'm saying? Pledged is like when you make vows, right? Are you married to a woman? then don't seek to be released from her. Right? That's quite straightforward, isn't it? Oh, people will be like, oh, Paul, that's a downer. I thought man's going to get out of this. He also then says, look, are you free from such a commitment? Are you single? You know what I'm saying? Are you not married? Don't look for a wife. Man, I had to think about this, you know. I thought, does it actually say that? I thought to myself, Boy, that's a bit strong, isn't it? Even me, I was like, boy, that's a bit strong, isn't it, Paul? You know what I'm saying? But I can't get away from it. It's what he says, he says if, if, if you're single, he says, don't look if you're a man for a wife. And I suspect the same would be true if you're a woman. Don't look for a husband. And I thought, boy. I'd be like, Paul, but what about all the dating apps? Man said, don't look for a wife. Now remember, it's not a command, Right? He's just telling you what he thinks is wise. You know what I'm saying? Now, now, that doesn't mean that you can't use a dating app. You know what I'm saying? You'd be like, oh my gosh. Not only did I use a dating app, the dating app is what helped me to find this woman and I got married to her. What are you telling me? You're telling me now? You're telling me? <laughs> like, I can't use a dating app. I'm not saying that. <clears throat> of course you can use a dating app and find someone and live happily ever after. You know what I'm saying? Um... In God's good providence, you, you can. But the question is, is it wise? You know what I'm saying? And I think we have to be prepared to have an honest conversation. I think we're living in times where people are like saying, nah, look, you know what, if we're going to talk about something, let's, let's have an honest conversation about it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and in God's good providence, you know what I'm saying, the question is, it's not should I or shouldn't I, the question is, is it wise? You know what I'm saying? And you have to make that decision, isn't it? You know what I'm saying? Our series is called Grow Up. You know what I'm saying? So we want to get to a point where we can make decisions and make mature decisions at that. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be down to you to make a biblically informed decision. And, um, you know, 
getting into a relationship, like I said, is not a joke. Tread carefully. Move forward with extreme caution. But move forward. You know what I mean? The Bible says there's wisdom in the multitude of counselors. Speak to people who are married. Don't just, don't, don't just spend time with people who are single. You know what I'm saying? Because you will end up with a skewed perspective. You know what I mean? This decision will change your life. And this follows on from last week's message. Do you remember? Don't try to change your status because you think it will make you either more acceptable to God or more acceptable to people or parents. You know what I'm saying? If you're not circumcised, we heard last week, don't get circumcised. Don't feel as a Gentile you have to conform and become more Jewish, you know what I'm saying, to be spiritual. And I'm saying, if you, got, if, if you got saved and you got dreads, like we used to call them dreadlocks, you know what I'm saying, long hair. Don't go and get your head shaved, you know what I'm saying, immediately thinking, you know what I'm saying, this way I'm going to look more spiritual, like with a barlid, I'm going to look more spiritual. And I'm saying, that ain't necessarily the case. And I mean, if you're, if you're in Jamaica, because we know that this is um, worldwide now, apparently, I heard, was it Mikey? Mikey P and he sends, sends the link to Jamaica. So if you're in Jamaica and you have a dark complexion. Don't bleach your skin. Because, because culturally in Jamaica, like people with a lighter complexion go further. You know what I'm saying? Get better opportunities opened up to them. You know what I'm saying? Again, one of the things we've been talking about is, is, the, is, is the influence of the culture causing us to make decisions that are not necessarily healthy. If you're from South London and you're from the hood, don't try and speak like Boris Johnson. You know what I'm saying? Speak how you speak. Talk how you talk. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know what I'm saying, if you, you go into a public environment or you have to do a, you know, a speech um, to, to an audience, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> it's all, you know what I'm saying, local colloquialisms. No, no, no. But, you know what I'm saying, I'm just saying, let's, let's, let's try not to be something that we're not. You know what I mean? And in a similar sense, if when you got saved, you were already pledged, you took vows, and I'm saying you're married, don't seek a divorce. Even if your spouse isn't a Christian, and I'm saying, which is what some of these Corinthian Christians were doing. It's not a sin to be it's not a sin to not be circumcised. It's not a sin to have dreads. It's not a, it's not a sin to, to, to speak like Del Boy Trotter. It's not a sin to be married to a Christian or non-Christian if you did it before you got saved. Both verse 20 and 24 from last week said, Brothers and sisters, each person as responsible to God should remain in the situation they were in when God called them. And obviously that again needs to be nuanced because life moves on and changes, so you have to be flexible. How many of you know there are many pitfalls in the Christian life? I mean, I don't know if you've ever read The Pilgrim's Progress, but in order to progress through life as a believer, there are many pitfalls. You know what I'm saying? You've got to tread carefully. Now, we know that God can redeem bad decision-making, thankfully, and, and carry us through by his grace. You know what I'm saying? But, but there may be painful implications. So think carefully. Tread carefully. You can't, you can't walk through the fire and come out completely not smelling of smoke. Don't neglect the good, notice, the good, albeit sometimes unwanted, gift of singleness. Don't neglect that. We'll come back to that. 
On the other hand, don't despise your marriage. See, he said we've got some stuff for, for us married people. Don't despise your marriage if you're married. Someone once said, oh my gosh, this is the quote. If, if I was a man that used Twitter, and I hardly do, I've got a Twitter account, I think I've got, maybe I've, maybe I've, done, I've, I've sent free tweets in the whole time, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But if I did use it, this would be a quote I would put on there. Oh my gosh, Pastor E, like Pastor New, you like, like, Sam, you ready for this? Sis, you ready for this one? Marriage is a besieged city. Marriage is a besieged city. Single people are fighting to get in. And married people are fighting to get out. Raw. Would you believe that these Corinthian Christians actually thought it was a sin to be married? Look at verse 28. But, listen to Paul. But if you do marry, now remember, we're hearing only one side of the conversation, right? But listen to the inference. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Look at verse 36. If anyone is worried... Notice, if anyone is worried that he might not be acting honorably toward the virgin or the single person that they're engaged to, and if his passions are too strong and he feels he ought to marry, he should do it. <laughs> he should do as he wants. Notice, he is not sinning. So that's the, he's trying to respond to this issue that they're obviously concerned with. As he had... As has been said in previous weeks, culturally, the Corinthian Christians were convinced that sex, chapter 7, verse 1, was unspiritual. And therefore, marriage, obviously, would have been unspiritual too, right? And culturally, it's the actual opposite for us in our culture, at least in the church. Many people think that if you're single, you're unspiritual. You know what I'm saying? You're incomplete. And it's, and it's similar for non-Christians. They feel, people feel like, it's not just a church thing, people who are in the world feel like they're incomplete. They may not be thinking about marriage, but they're thinking, I need to be in a relationship. I'm saying, I'm a Christian, and I've been a pastor for what, 20 years, and it's like, like, people be like, oh, you know, you're a Christian, you live in a bubble. I know what's going on. I know what's going on out there. Even though I don't necessarily subscribe to all of the periodicals, all of the, you know what I'm saying, all of, all of the, 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 the social media sites and all of the TV programs, but I live in a real world. Come on now. You know what I'm saying? And you're, you tell me that one of the top things on people's agenda isn't to want to be in a relationship. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me that's not at least in the top three things that people can't stop thinking about can't stop talking about, can't stop dreaming about, can't stop writing about, can't stop singing about. Most people want to be in a relationship. And that's one of the things that causes me to, to say to people, why, why are you hating on the Bible so much? It's only what the Bible says so clearly, you know what I'm saying? Clearly, from Genesis to Revelation. You've got a marriage at the beginning of the Bible, you've got a marriage at the end of the Bible. You know what I'm saying? And, and everything in between relates to relationships. You know what I'm saying? Yet you're hating on the Bible. When, when, when the Bible is going to give you the best advice when it comes to relationships. The best advice. The best advice. 
You know what I'm saying? But come on now, tell me people ain't concerned about relationships. So we need to talk about it, innit? And, and, and relationships with the opposite sex, and even with the same sex, which is becoming increasingly popular, right? Dating apps. It's like, there are so many of them, I couldn't even believe. Tinder, X, is it XO? Facebook dating, Grinder, Ship, Taste Buds, Coffee Meets Bagel, you know. Hinge, yo, Hinge, you know. The app, and, and check, their, their sub thing is the app that is designed to be deleted. You know what that's saying, isn't it? That's saying, you come with us, we'll hook you up, quick, 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 delete this app. You ain't going to need no dating app after we hook you up. Hinge, you know, listen. Raya. Match, Bumble. That don't sound like a good name for a dating app to me. Bumble. Unless it's some new term that I'm, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with. It probably is. Happen with, without the E. And then this, this last two. Then there's one called The League, you know. The League, brothers. This one, yeah, is for people who put a lot of weight on a potential partner's career and educational background. You need to be on the levels if you're going to be on the league, you know. <laughs> and you better be, pre be prepared to pay £99 a month for that. This, and this is the last one. There's more, but this is the last one. This one made me laugh. This app is called Plenty of Fish. <laughs> it's one of the oldest dating services out there, and it's certainly the biggest after hitting over 90 million users in 2015. Who knows where they're at now? Go to the next slide for me. And look, I'm telling you about relationships. You're telling me this ain't the truth in the world. And I'm saying, I'm like, who wants to be Bridget Jones out here? No one ain't trying to be Bridget Jones. And I'm saying, go to the next one for me. <laughs> this one made me laugh. This one probably don't even make no sense, but. Who wants to be Tom? <laughs> Let me have a drink. Bridget Jones was for the ladies. Who wants to be Tom Hanks out here? Cast away, you know. My man's writing on the thing, 1,500 days, you know. My man's been out at sea, and he's, I think he's writing a message to someone to get it to his wife. Who wants to live like, who wants to live like this? Apart from, you know what I'm saying, a, a, a significant other. Don't tell me nothing. You know what I'm saying? Now, obviously, this is, you know, jokes. You know what I'm saying? But it's true, and I'm saying it's true. These are the things that people, you know, I'm saying, cry themselves to sleep over. And I'm saying, pay ex ex extraordinary amounts of money for. I'm like, this woman, is it, she, she called a millionaire. Um, the, the, the woman that matches millionaires, millionaire matchmaker. You know, what I'm saying, I'm like, you really need help how you are a millionaire out here and you can't find yourself a good woman or you can't find yourself a good... I'm like, what on earth is the world coming to? Boy, but whether you ain't got no money or you got more money than you can count, everybody is concerned about relationships. Our culture says something is terribly wrong if you don't have a significant partner. Paul says, you know what? Neither is wrong. Although he does have a personal preference, 
He says it's cool to be married. And he says it's cool to be single. Don't let the surrounding culture squeeze you into its mold. Maybe the more important question is this. Do you want to know, should I marry this person? Should I marry? Should, what do I do? I don't, I'm confused. I'm, I'm spinning around in a... Spinning around. Da, 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 da. It's like, what do I do? Well, the more important question in this context, I would argue, is this. What is your gift? What is your gift? Because this is going to help you answer the question. Singleness is a gift. It's a gift. And that's a good thing. Marriage is a gift. What is your gift? 1 Corinthians 7. I think I've got a slide for that one. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7 says, this is what Paul says. Same chapter, a little bit earlier. He says, I wish. Man said, I wish, you know. Like, oh, please, Lord. I can't even say he's praying. He, he never said he prayed. He said he wished. He said, I wish that all of you, <laughs> some of you, no, or just, just the ladies, no, all of you, says Paul, I wish, I, wish, I wish all of you were as I am. Now, it's argued that Paul was probably a Pharisee prior to him becoming a Christian before he was converted, you know what I'm saying? And um, you couldn't be, and it's argued that he was probably married because you couldn't be a Pharisee and not be married. So there's an argument that Paul knows what he's talking about. You know what I mean? And um, he says, I wish that all of you were as I am, but, eat, but, notice, but each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. You know <laughs> what gift you have. You know if you're cut out for the single life. You've got 10 different dating apps, you know, that you sign. You can't, even, you can't even remember the login for this one and that one. You've got so many. Always at every church social function, locally, nationally, and internationally. Always complaining that there ain't enough men in the church, you know. There ain't enough. Where's all the women at in our church? <laughs> That's why you're never here. Always visiting other churches, you know. Obviously, you know, I'm only joking, isn't it? Surprise, surprise, you, that person, with all them dating apps, you don't have the gift of singleness. You'd be like, oh, you know, I've been in five different relationships, you know, Pastor Rob, in, in, how long? In five years, really? Five in five. Yeah, and I just can't, I can't seem to, to be lucky in love. Well, apart from all of that, maybe it's just that you're just too picky and you're too fussy trying to find the perfect quote-unquote person. You know that person don't exist. The perfect person does not exist. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know what I'm saying? So it's a futile attempt. I can save you years of heartache and pain and money. The perfect person doesn't... You see, that person, that perfect person only exists in pornographic material. That perfect person, they only exist in, a, in, in, in Hollywood rom-coms. I'm saying on Netflix, chick flicks. That person don't exist. 
Amen, lights. Amen, 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 walls, amen, doors, amen. Like, like, like my man used to say, Edit, Pastor, you remember, amen to myself. <laughs> Corey read, Corey read back in the day. That person does not exist. You know, I was going to say, I'm sorry to dash your hopes. I'm not sorry because this is going to save you a whole heap of heartache. The perfect person does not exist. But you know, even as I say this, I know some of you are still going to go looking for them. Like the golden goose, you know. Sorry, the, the goose that laid the golden egg. But you see, but if you're content in your singleness, it's a beautiful thing. It's rare, very rare, because we're so culturally contaminated. You know, I spoke to someone, it was about three, four weeks ago, and I literally sat in front of this person, and I was really encouraged when they turned around and said to me, you know, I've been, I've been, I've been in relationship after relationship after relationship, and when I was in them relationships, I never got married. I mean, Paul's advice would have been, just marry one of them, innit? Because it's evident that you're not cut out for singleness. But this person said, you know, I've arrived at a place now. I think, they were, I think they've been single for about, maybe about three or four years. And they, were just, they just said, you know, I'm just so content in my singleness. Because I can move and shake. I can go where I need to. I can do what I want. He said, I was having hella drama when I wanted to do this. Oh, drama in the house. I wanted to go and do drama in the house. You know what I'm saying? Just the thought of doing something drama. You know what I mean? And he said, I just feel so light. I feel so free and able. And he said, boy, he said, God is just blessing every element and area and aspect of my life. That's a person that's content in their singleness. You know what I'm saying? Even to the point where they said, I'm happy to be single for the rest of my life. That's amazing. That's someone with th that gift of singleness. It's, it's rare, you know what I'm saying, but it does exist. And I think you need to ask yourself that question. If you're in and out of every relationship, you're evidently not cut up. You, you don't have the gift, you know what I'm saying. Get married. Verse 28, but notice, he says, but if you do marry, you've not sinned. Again, trying to answer that question for them. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face trouble in this life. I nearly said those who get married will have trouble in the flesh. Because I remember when I first read this, it was in the New King James Version. Can't forget it. But the sad thing is I never, I never read that verse until after I got married. And I was like, raw. Like, where's, Lord, where was this verse hiding? How, how come no one never showed me this verse? You know what I'm saying? Now you'd be like, oh, well, Robert, well, what difference would it have made? I'd be like, well, probably none. Because I know I ain't cut out for the single life. My wife, like crazy, you know, you have some, sometimes you have some very strange conversations. Helen said to me, my wife, she said, Robert, you know what? If something happens to me, you better go get married. Car, you can't function as a single man. And I said, as much as, I, obviously, I'm going to be like, honey, don't be silly. Don't even talk like that. Don't say nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? And she'll and she look at me and she'll say, Robert, did you hear what I said? And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Because she, she knows me better than I know myself. You know what I mean? I'm saying, get to know yourself in that sense. Um, 
And Paul knows something about marriage that many single people don't. My man said, you know what, listen, let me tell you. If you, you, you want to get, I realize that I don't have the gift of singleness. Cool. All right. Brace yourself now. Because you're the, you need to get married. And if you're going to get married, know that you are going to face trouble in this life. See, Sam's not even looking at me. Sam's just looking at his thing here. Even, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not trying to get Lisa, I'm not trying to get him in trouble. He's, he's done nothing wrong. You know, I, mean? I, should, I should have never even mentioned his name. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> bruv, look, forget, look, I'll get, look, I'll get you in trouble now, bruv. And the man ain't done nothing, you know. <laughs> uh-uh. Mo, this is for every single married man, for every single married couple. You know, Paul knows something about marriage that many single people don't. And he's like, I'm going to just tell you straight. Like I said earlier. Marriage is a besieged city. Many are fighting to get in and many are fighting to get out. You know, I've been married now longer than I've been single. So I've been married for, I've been married for 30 years, coming up in October. That means 20 years I was single. So I've been married longer than, than I've been single. You know what I mean? And if I'm up here laughing and running joke, you know what I'm saying, after not being married for five minutes, you know, but being married a substantial amount of time, you know there's hope for you. You know what I'm saying? So you can join with me and, 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 and see this as a great encouragement. I've got to move now. How long have I been preaching now? Nearly, nearly an hour. Um, marriage, wow. When search, marriage, wow. All right, here's, here's a little a snapshot into what 30 years of marriage can teach you. When searching for malignancy by performing a biopsy, or like when drilling for oil to extract a sample. I'm not sure that there is any experience in life that exposes the very core substances of the heart as extensively as marriage. Maybe, you know, the death of, of a close loved one that we just heard a moment ago about Jason and Fadia, their family experiencing loss. And we've all experienced loss, haven't we? And it hurts. <sighs> Maybe that will, that will, obviously, that will temporarily turn over the soil of the heart in ways that other things won't. But marriage will turn up things in your heart that you didn't even know existed. You're probably under the impression that if you got married, <clears throat> that it's a lifelong quest of getting to know your partner, and it is. But you will get to know yourself even better if you're prepared to be honest. And what you discover about yourself won't be pretty. What you see will be painful viewing. And this is why living together without making a commitment to marry first tends to be disastrous. Now, I've got to run, but I need to show you this. Um, here are some stats. This was done um, in consideration of and including reports done by the Office of National Statistics. I think it's the Marriage Council that put this together. This is quite mind-blowing. So look, you've got three categories, right? And the question is, who splits up? Guess who ends up splitting up after a period of time? versus those that don't. 24% of people 
and, and sorry, I, I must admit that this study focused on mothers, because often it's the mum that's left holding the baby, right? 24% of initially married mothers ended up splitting up, right? That's a quarter. But 50% of later married mothers ended up splitting up. And then 69% of, 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 of never married mothers split up. Now, again, I don't have time to tease, out, tease this out completely, but the first category, well, let me go the back way. That big, large category of people that cohabit, you know what I'm saying, <clears throat> and, 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 and have children but never get married. Look at the, look, 69% of them end up, get, end up separating. 58% of later married mothers, you know what I'm saying, um, they, they, they give birth and then they get married. They have a, they have a, a larger chance of staying together. But, but as, as sad as it is, it, like that last category, you know what I'm saying, it's much, much, much more reduced when people get married first and then they have children. They stand a 75% chance of staying together. That is incredible. You know what I'm saying? And you might say, Pastor Rob, you, know, you, sh you should be talking about theological reasons why, you know what I'm saying, people should, should get married and, and before they have kids and give scripture and Bible quotes. I've done that. But a lot of people ain't listening to that. So here are some cold, hard facts. You know what I'm saying? These are the statistics. I heard someone say, if I could give you three bits of advice as a young person, this is what it would be. Get a tertiary education. That means you go above secondary. They call it, sometimes they call it third level education. Primary is first level. Secondary school is second level. Tertiary is where you go to college or even possibly go to university. You know what I'm saying? You do education beyond secondary school. You don't run out of school and think, oh, I don't want to. No, get a tertiary. That's the first thing. The second thing is get a job. Get a career. You know what I'm saying? And then the third thing is, when you've done that, then get married and then have kids. Don't have kids before you get married. If I could give anyone some advice apart from the gospel, you know what I'm saying? I'll give you those three bits of, of, of advice. Because there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's an institute in America called the Brookings, in, Brookings Institute that says if you do those three things, you stand at 88% chance of being successful in life. I'm saying this study that I just quoted is actually a British study, um, which is very hard often to get. Now my time has gone in it. <clears throat> um, all right, let me try and wrap this up. <clears throat> when you embark on an on a, on, a, on an intimate relationship with another person, it has to be done with extreme caution. You might then say, well, if that's the case, I'm not getting married. Cool. Well, if you're not going to get married, make sure you stay away from relationships. And I'm saying, stay away from relationships, period. Don't say, I'm not going to get married and then have free relationships between now and Christmas. If you can't stay away from the opposite sex, then it's evident that you don't have the gift of singleness and need to get married. And the Lord can begin to really tackle those issues in your heart that you keep running away from. And stop excusing yourself by self-suggesting self that it's 
always the other person's fault. Well, person A did this, and person B did this, and person C, they kept biting their toenails. And I'm saying, it's like, you, you shouldn't know that someone bites their toenails unless you're living in close proximity to them. And I'm saying, and, and, and that's one of the things I don't want to know. You know what I mean? I don't want to know that, because if I know that, I ain't going to marry you. But the thing is, I get married to you, and then I find that you bite your toenails, then I have to deal with that. I have to work on that. God help me. And the fact of the matter is, he will. But these things, living like you're married, is not helping you. It's not helping the other, especially when children come along. You know what I'm saying? Now, I know that because I ain't got time to talk about, to, about, about my own life and stories that are relevant because time has run out. But I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. I'm not having a goal. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to help us grow. That's what I'm trying to do. You know what I'm saying? Get married and get over yourself. You will grow and develop and become mature. And God will bless you. I've got much more to share, but time is gone. Can I just finish with two quotes and then we'll pray? <clears throat> Here's a quote um, from Elizabeth Elliot. Now, if, if you're not sure, Elizabeth Elliot was married to Jim Elliot, who was a missionary who got killed by the very, very indigenous people he was sharing a gospel with, and he left his wife behind. She says, having spent in a book, in her book called Let Me Be a Woman, says, having now spent more than 41 years single, I have learned that it is indeed a gift. Not one I would choose, not one many women would, women would choose, but we do not choose our gifts, remember, we are given them by a divine giver who knows the end from the beginning and wants above all else to give us the gift of himself. Listen to, listen to Caitlin Ludicky from an article um, called The Good Unwanted Gift of Singleness. <clears throat> you can see this on John Piper's, I forget, um, John Piper's ministry, Desiring God Ministries. You can read this. The article's amazing. She says, when, listen to this, when service to Christ and joy, sorry, when service to Christ and joy in Christ are married in me, I'm able to see that every gift he gives is good, even when it does not come in the shape of a diamond ring. Bars. <sighs> Next, I've got to finish. Extremely important. Vital, crucial marriage counseling. Marriage is not forever. And I'm saying, Matthew 22, I forget the verse, but it's just definitely Matthew 22. When we die, we want, there's not going to be no marriage in heaven. Marriage is not forever. And the good, unwanted gift of singleness. Let's pray. Father. <clears throat> Thank you that Psalm 16, 11 says, <clears throat> well, it does not say, I should say, in marriage or in singleness, there is fullness of joy. It says, the psalmist instead says, in your presence is fullness of joy. I can't look for fullness of joy in my marriage. I can't look for fullness of joy in my singleness. But Lord, in your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Help us. As we continue to think about these things, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Join us next time for more of God's truth to transform your reality.